0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون صدق الله العظيم Suspected respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. We started discussing these ayat last week, but then the discussion went on to something else. So to continue with the discussion of these ayat, in this Allah Ta'ala says, Qad Aflahal These are the opening ayat of Suratul al And Allah Ta'ala Commences the surah with saying that indeed the believers are successful So as mentioned previously That we all talk about problems And everybody has some problem or the other Nobody is problem free This is dunya Dunya is a place of challenge There will be challenges, there will be all kinds of challenges We have to ask for afiyat Ask Allah Ta'ala for safety Ask Allah Ta'ala to protect us from all kinds of these challenges From these Musibats and difficulties Dunya The challenges that come Not every challenge is an azab Not every challenge is a musibat Musibat means a calamity It is sometimes A musibat It is an azab And sometimes, it is a blessing in disguise. It may appear to be a musibat, but it is a blessing in disguise. It is a very, very fine line. We don't have that ability sometimes to distinguish between what is what. From our perspective, from our perspective, in terms of how we should be Dealing with whatever challenges come, we should always believe within ourselves that this is due to my sins, this is due to my shortcomings, due to my faults. Whatever it comes, whatever it is, from our perspective, we should always think in this manner, and this should turn us towards a lot of istighfar, a lot of toba, a lot of du'a and begging Allah, Ta'ala, that is what we should always deem within ourselves. We should never ever think within ourselves that uh, this has come to raise my stages. So therefore this is something that uh, I should just take it in that regard. It may very well be that. But that is wrong for us to think about ourselves in that manner, that I am sin-free, I don't have any issues, I am fine, I am perfect, it is somebody else, only that's the problem. So this has come, yes, it's dunya, and I'll get rewarded for it, but it's not my problem. No, no. Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Sahib Rahmatullah the Grand Mufti of India in his time, very, very great personality, and he used to always say Apne aab ko Kasurwar Samjo or he used to put it Apne ku be mat samjo. Don't ever regard yourself as faultless. Don't ever regard yourself as not blameworthy in any way. We should always regard ourselves as blameworthy. So whatever goes on, we should first look within ourselves and after looking within ourselves also, we should think that I cannot detect something that's there but it's my fault. That's how we should look at it. This is necessary so that it takes us towards istighfar, towards Toba, towards dua, and it takes us closer to Allah. And it's very well possible that that is exactly the situation. Nevertheless, when we see something happening to others, we shouldn't jump to that conclusion, that it is this person's sins. That is wrong for us to do. Just as it is wrong for us to think that the challenge that has come to us is not due to our fault, is due to somebody else's fault, and it's got nothing to do with our sins, it is just okay at the most, it is something that has come to raise our stages, or whatever else, that is wrong for us to think about ourselves. And when we look at it for others, to think that this is due to this person's sins, It is due to this person's wrongdoing. That too is wrong. That is not the thought we should have with regards to others. With regards to others, we should be thinking positively that yes, this is a challenge for the person, but this is a blessing in disguise. Allah Ta'ala give afiyat, Allah Ta'ala remove the difficulty, but this is a blessing in disguise. But nevertheless, for our own tasalli also, for our own uh, consolation sometimes, while regarding it as our own fault, as something that's the effect of our sins, something that's the effect of our shortcomings. At the same time, if we bring this to heart and mind, that as difficult as this sometimes is, it is possible that this is a blessing in disguise. And if a person was involved in some wrong, for example, and some difficulty came, some calamity came, as a result of which he got a shock, it jolted him, it brought him back to his senses, and he gave up the wrong, he started doing what is right, then that definitely was a blessing in disguise. It was outwardly a musibat, outwardly a calamity, but if that what seemed to be a calamity became the means of his coming out of sin, and became the means of his getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, of becoming more obedient to Allah Ta'ala, then undoubtedly that was a blessing. It was a blessing in disguise. So sometimes problems come as a blessing in disguise. It's outwardly a problem. Within the problem is actually a blessing. But we should always be asking Allah Ta'ala for afiyat. We should always be asking Allah Ta'ala for ease, for safety we should never ever be asking for challenges so in any case what we were talking about is that we all have these problems we have some challenges nobody is problem free nobody is challenge free but the issue is that what is the solution to these problems so the problems would differ sometimes it might be one kind of a problem sometimes something else Sometimes it's a financial problem, sometimes it's a domestic problem, sometimes it's some social issue It might be an issue that we are having, some family issue, whatever the case is, Allah Ta'ala protect us from all problems But regardless of what the problem is, the Qur'an Sharif is making a very open declaration Allah Ta'ala is giving us an open prescription which is unqualified, unqualified here meaning It is not being restricted to anything in particular. That if you want success only in this field or in this matter, in this work, in this problem, then you adopt this. But other things, no, this might not be the solution or might not be the path and prescription to success. That might be something else. No, no, no. Allah is saying this is the path and the prescription for success regardless of what the issue might be that if a person wants to be successful and now that success is where the problems where is the solution to the problems the prescription for success is the prescription for the solution to problems if a person has a problem and the problem got solved so he says, I was successful now I was in a problem but the problem is solved so now I am successful so this success is the solution of all problems Now Allah Ta'ala is giving us that prescription for success here. Allah Ta'ala is saying, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ That the believers are indeed successful. What the message here is very, very clearly that the first step for success is Iman. Without Iman, they can never be success. Forget the success of Akhirat that is out of the question. The person who leaves this dunya without Iman, there is no scope for any success in akhirat, at any level. It is only doom and destruction. But in dunya, in dunya, dunya is a place of test and sometimes a person is off the mark and seems to be still carrying on fine. But that doesn't mean he is succeeding. If a person is on the road and there seems to be a lot of fun that he is having on the road, But where is this road heading? The road is going straight to the end and to the edge of a cliff. And it is such a road that when a person just finally comes to that point, he won't even realize where he finished off. He'll just fall over. If he comes to that edge, he'll just fall over. Yes, if he stopped way before and realized where he's going, and he took a U-turn and went away, he jumped off that road and went away to some other road, then fine. But if he came to the end, he'll just fall off. He won't, It won't be that he can come and put brakes there. He'll just fall off. Now, the thing is that all that fun... Now, somebody else is aware where this person is heading. And he's seeing all this fun this person is having on the road. There's some exciting scenery. There's some good things that he's buying, some good food and whatever else. But he's just moving on this road. And he's going on. And now somebody is observing from a distance... They can see now where this person is heading. They know which road he's on. And they're seeing him, how he seems to be enjoying himself. But at the same time, they're seeing where's that end of the road. They can see it down in the distance, maybe through whatever the technology, they're seeing it through Google Maps or whatever the case is, that this person is on this road, and this road is ending up at the edge of the cliff. And now he is very excited about the fun he's having on the road. But the person who's seeing this whole story, who's seeing... The person on the one hand so to say having fun but headed on the road that's finishing off that's going to fall off the cliff. And this cliff falls now maybe at the edge of the cliff he falls maybe hundred fifty kilometers deep down. Just going to tumble down and destruction. Can you imagine a person falls 100 meters you don't know what happened to him. Where's the car left? What part of the car you can see anyway or what part of the person is left? It'll be totally all smashed up imagine he falls 50 kilometers down but now the person who is observing all this from a distance he is going to be feeling so sorry for him bichara this person doesn't know what he is heading for he's not going to think in one moment that this person is having so much fun he's so successful will he even think for one moment that this person is so successful what success is he is heading on the way to disaster he's going to fall off that cliff and he's going to be destroyed. So he won't even for one second look at this person laughing and joking and jumping and doing this and eating the good food and having a fun time and think so nice about him and start envying him. He'll be feeling absolutely sorry for him. Where this person is headed to disaster? And this person is telling everybody, see how successful I am. I'm going on having fun. What excitement. Say, you don't know what you're talking about. So likewise a person in Dunya who's on the path of destruction, he's heading towards Jahannam because he doesn't accept Iman. Or he's not obedient to Allah Ta'ala and heading to the path of Jahannam. Now outwardly it seems like he's having a lot of fun, lot of excitement, having this and that. But the person who has this vision and who has been blessed with this understanding which Allah Ta'ala has spelt out in the Quran Sharif, which Rasulullah has explained. That the person who is on the path of Kufr, what is the end result? Which cliff they're gonna fall into. When they pass this path of dunya and they come to the edge at the time of moth, they're gonna fall straight into Jahannam. That's a cliff of Jahannam. So, can the person then ever regard such a person as successful? He says, But look at how much money he got and what yeah, a nice life he seems to be having. And he seems to be jumping for joy and enjoying himself, and this, that, and the other. Can a person ever feel very, very comfortable about it? Think about such a person as having a being successful? Impossible. He'll say this person is just appearing to be having a good time, he doesn't know where he's heading to, he's heading for disaster. So, likewise, this dunya, we should not look at what people seem to be enjoying. And what kind of excitement they seem to be having. That is no criteria to judge any success. In fact, that is no success at all if there is no iman to sarahud. So the very first requirement is iman. Allah Ta'ala says, afla hal الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Then the believers, mashallah, they have iman. But in dunya also and akhirat also for that full success. There are various aspects that they must inculcate in their lives. Without these aspects, the success cannot be attained. Allah Taala is making this very clear in these ayat of the Quran Sharif. In these ayat that follow, there are seven things that are mentioned, which is the prescription to success. Now, this is the prescription to success for the believers. So, without iman, this is not going to person not going to get anywhere. But now a person got Iman but he is lacking in these things, he still is not going to be able to get the success. Yes, eventually he will get to Jannat, but nobody wants to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam in the Akhirat. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Likewise in dunya, we don't want to be failures, we want to succeed, so Allah Ta'ala is giving us the prescription of success, that don't look at things from your side. From what you can think, from what you can imagine, you look at it from the direction that Allah Ta'ala has taught you, has given you. Allah Ta'ala has spelled out in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala has given via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi That is the perspective, that is the angle from which we have to view everything. That is what will give us the full view. That is what will give us the complete view. So Allah Ta'ala is saying you want to be successful, it cannot happen without these aspects mentioned in these ayat. Now, the success again, just to keep that in mind, success in anything and everything. Whether it is outwardly some aspect of dunya, whether it is a person's deen, obviously, whether it is some domestic matter, whether it is a financial matter, whether it is some social issue, whether it is a personal problem, whatever it might be, the prescription for success Allah Ta'ala is spelling out in these ayat of the Quran Sharif. Number one, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Those who, which mu'mineen will be successful, those believers who have this khushu' in their salah. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Those who have this khushu' in their salah, they are the ones who are successful. Then the second thing, we're just going to go through the list first, and then we will inshallah discuss in some detail. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ those who shun love, futil, futility, what is futile. If they want to be successful, they're going to have to shun what is futile. anil Then number three, If zakat is compulsory upon them, then they discharge the zakat. Now one is the monetary zakat. They discharge that monetary zakat. But there's another meaning of zakat as well. Another meaning of zakat is this tazkiyah, the purification of the soul, the purification of the heart and soul from all the evil qualities, and bringing within oneself all the noble qualities, that too is included in this in this meaning. So they fulfill this zakat. And then the next aspect that is mentioned, وَالَّذِينَهُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُوْمِينَ فَمَنِبْتَغَىٰ وَرَاءَ ذَلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْعَادُونَ The crux of this and the summary of this is that these people totally shun zina, anything illicit, any kind of illicit behavior, all this is totally shunned by them. Whether it is any level of this crime and this terrible sin whether it is the zina of the eyes, and whether it might be any other uh, aspect of this regard, they totally shun all these kind of activities, all these kinds of actions. They are far away from it. So this is the crux of this, these ayat in this regard, that they are those people who stay far away from these kind of evils. They don't get anywhere close to zina and whatever leads to that. Then after that, Allah says, "Walla li amanatihim wa that they fulfil the trust and they keep up to their pledges. Whatever is entrusted to them, whatever pledges, whatever they have promised, they keep up to that. And "Walla and whatever their Testimony is, that evidence is they fulfill that correctly. And thereafter Allah says, عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ Again, it started off on the discussion of having khushu in the salah. The last point again is that they guard their salah. Guard their salah and it started off on khushu in salah. What's the difference? Guarding salah refers to fulfilling all the salah on time. So the five daily salah, fulfilling it in its correct time, then performing it properly, performing it with its adab and etiquettes. And the first point, that they also have their khushos. One is the external postures of the salah, performing in its time, performing it properly, every posture correctly, uh, performing the ruku, the sajda. After the ruku, standing up and pausing the posture of qawma, pausing so that the body is entirely at rest and then only proceeding for the next posture of sajda, between the two sajdas, the posture of jalsa, they sit calmly they fulfill this posture correctly, all the other postures of salah, that too is part of this guarding of salah, and the khushu is that soul and the spirit of that salah that they perform the salah with complete humility and with their hearts and minds in that salah. Their hearts are immersed in the salah. They are conscious of Allah in that salah. It's not that the person is performing salah, and the person's heart and mind is sitting somewhere else. Allah forbid, sometimes it's sitting somewhere, it may be, though not uh, sinful, but it's sitting in some dunya issue. And sometimes it's gone worse than that. It's sitting in some sin. The heart and mind is engaged in some sinful thoughts. Now what a terrible thing this is. That salah, we were supposed to be totally connected to Allah in that salah. Here the heart and mind is gone somewhere else in some sun. So the khushu, khushu is performing the salah in such a way that the heart and soul is in that salah. What it requires is that the person performing the salah, they be conscious of what they are reciting. Reciting consciously and especially mashallah, some would have already learned the meanings of some surahs, they would have learned the meaning of Surah Fatiha, the last surah, surah, some of the last Surahs. So when reciting these Surahs, to recite it consciously with the meaning. We all know the meaning of Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. So now when saying Takbir et tahrima, to be conscious of that, what we are saying? Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Nobody has any level of any greatness. Only Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. And only Allah Ta'ala has every greatness. Nobody else, else has any greatness. This is all that is being said. All these things are included in this Allahu Akbar. Now to say that Allahu Akbar with that consciousness. And now Allahu Akbar, at every posture we are going to be repeating that. Takbir Tahrima, We saying Allahu Akbar. Person going into Ruku, Allahu Akbar. Then going into Sajda, Allahu Akbar. Re- coming up from Sajda, Allahu Akbar. Repeatedly. Now, every time the person is saying "Allahu Akbar," "Allahu Akbar," "Allahu Akbar," and he's doing it consciously and he's doing it in his salah. Now, why will that not then impact on his heart when he is repeatedly, consciously expressing the greatness of Allah Taala that Allah Taala is the greatest, and included in this meaning is that nobody else has any greatness. It is not Nauzubillah, Allah Taala is the greatest and somebody else also has some greatness compared to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala alone is the owner and possessor of every greatness. Then Allah Ta'ala has given rank and position to various personalities in His makhluk. Allah Ta'ala has given the Anbiya Alim the greatest rank of all insan. Insan has the greatest rank from all the Makhluqat. Then among the insan, are the Anbiya Alim who have the greatest rank and among the Ambiya musallat wa the greatest rank that anybody was blessed with was to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Baad khuda buzuruktu'i qissa mukhtasar. After Allah ta'ala, the greatest rank that was possessed by anybody is of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's rank. But that is in its place. Here we are talking about this Allahu Akbar. On that note, Allah alone is the possessor of every greatness. So now when a person will perform the salah al they are performing the salah with that khushu with that consciousness with the consciousness of the heart and that consciousness of the heart is what will affect the correct performance of that salah externally now a person who's just up and down just rushing through that salah and not concerned about how they're performing the salah sometimes people perform four rakat salah, in two minutes they're done how they performed four rakat salah in two minutes, Allah knows They like, even the Sputnik also can't keep up with them four rakat salah, the person starts working out now, the person had to read in the first rakat sana, suratul fatiha then one surah, then going to ruku, just that postures alone, let alone the reciting of the various surahs etc, just merely fulfilling the postures without reciting anything that too will take two minutes. Now on top of that, we have to still recite obviously. How that 4 a salah got done in two minutes, Allah knows. Now that is actually the result of the heart not being in salah. So the person wasn't concerned about how they're reciting, just reciting anyhow. No tajweed, concern for the tajweed in the Tasbeehs of the ruku and Sajda. subhanallah. What tremendously great tasbihat these are. سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ In سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ سُبْحَانَ Glorifying Allah wa ta'ala Pure is that being who is the greatest Pure is the being who is the most sublime Now, a person reciting these tasbihat consciously Wholeheartedly Coming from the depth of the heart سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ Now the whole salah is filled with Allahu Akbar. Subhan Rabbi azim Subhan Rabbi Al-Ala, The recitation of Quran Sharif, one, two rakats of Salah also, performed with this total khushu. Subhanallah, where it will take a person. Now, this is that way that first step of that prescription for success is: fi salatihim <laughs> that those who have this khushu in their Salah. Now, the person whose heart has this khushu then their limbs will also be with this khushu. In one hadith it is mentioned, once Rasulullah ﷺ observed one person performing salah, now this was still in the early stages, people were coming in new, and they were learning. So this person while in salah, was sort of, he touched his beard, maybe just like move something, touched his beard. Nabi ﷺ rep- saw this and commented, قَلْبُ هَذَا جَوَارِحُهُ if there had been khushu in this person's heart, then his limbs would also have been with khushu. He would have been performing that salah in a very careful manner. He would have not been doing anything that is not part of salah. He would not have been fiddling with something, standing in a incorrect posture. He would have been doing things correctly. But now that khushu is not in the salah, in the heart, so now the limbs are also without that khushu. So the first thing is this khushu in the salah. To develop this consciousness, to develop this concentration. And for that, before the Salah, to think about this. Think about, hum fi Salatihim qad Indeed, the believers are successful. Which believers? hum fi Salatihim Top of the list. Allah Ta'ala is saying, those believers are the successful ones who have this khushu in their Salah. Now, this is the prescription for success, that there must be Salah. And that salah must be performed correctly, and there must be this khushu in that salah. This is step one of the prescription for success. Now, can we imagine that if that salah is without khushu, let alone without khushu, that the postures are being performed haphazardly, the postures of salah are performed in a very, very haphazard manner, in a haste, the person is not even performing the ruku properly, not performing the sajda properly. The qawm and Jalsa are completely just rushed past, not even done correctly. And the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif is like, Allah knows best what the person is reading. If you had to be reading aloud, perhaps somebody listening might not understand half or three-quarter of it also. Now, is that going to bring success? Or is that going to bring destruction? Because it comes in the Hadith Sharif, when a person performs his Salah haphazardly, incorrectly, don't bother about how it's performed, the Sajda, the ruku, not interested in performing it calmly, correctly. Then that salah rises above his head and then gets thrown back at him like a dirty rag, like a dirty cloth. Like a person just throws a dirty cloth at someone. That salah gets thrown at him. And the salah then curses him. May Allah destroy you as you destroyed me. Now, can this person succeed? whose salah is cursing him if his salah is cursing him he can never succeed anywhere he can never succeed in dunya and he can't succeed in akhirat also yes if he passed away with iman eventually inshallah he'll get to jannat otherwise it's up to Allah what Allah decides to do uh, in terms of forgiving somebody but other than that the rule is that he is in a serious situation he can never succeed so now, when the person is performing salah without khushu, haphazardly, he can't succeed. Then, if a person is missing the salah, what will be his position? Even worse, the person missing that salah is in an even worse position. How such a person is going to succeed? Now, often there are difficulties, there are problems, there are hardships. We sometimes running for ta'weez here, running for something else there, but the salah is neglected. There's no No consciousness of the Salah. That Salah, there's no punctuality on it. Another person wants to solve the problems. But the Salah is not in order. Forget Khushu in Salah. There's no Salah sometimes. Salah is becoming Qaza. How the problem is going to get solved? How is the person going to become successful? How is the person going to progress in dunya and akhirat? It's not going to happen. The rule is that it won't happen. So... The first step of this path to success, the first item on the prescription of success, is this aspect of khushu in salah. hum fi salatihim This is for the believers. Qad Allah Ta'ala says, yes, these people, mashallah, have iman with them. But the believers now want to be successful. They want to gain total success, eternal success. So now the path to the total success, eternal success, step one, fi salatihim Those who have this khushu, this humility, this concentration, this devotion in their salah, their hearts are engrossed in that salah. They are not floating around all over the world and then obviously, if their hearts are engrossed in salah, etc., it goes without saying that they are performing all their salah with punctuality in its good time. Not in the last moment of time. Now when the time is almost ticking away, and now the person comes very, very hastily rushing through that salah. In one hadith, Rasulullah ﷺ has described this as the salah of the munafiq. That he waits for the end of time, now keeps delaying, delaying, delaying. Now when the last few moments are left, then the person comes and Nabi ﷺ says, gives a description like a hen pecking at some uh, seeds, This person hastily now is just knocking his head on the floor Sajdah after Sajdah Hardly anything was recited correctly And the person now feels very fine Okay I did it I performed my salah What kind of salah was that? Was that salah bringing down Rahmat? Oh Allah forbid That salah already got thrown at your face like a dirty rag And has already cursed you Allah Ta'ala protect us We have to ask ourselves this question What kind of salah? Was this salah went up in a very very beautiful manner? And inshallah, with the grace of Allah Ta'ala will be accepted? Or oh, has this na'uzubillah, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala safeguard us? Has this salah, Allah Ta'ala forbid, already been thrown at my face? And Allah forbid, has this salah started cursing me? If the salah curses us, then what is left? What is going to be then uh, anything that's going to save us? If the salah is cursing us, and Allah Ta'ala is uh, listening to this curse of the salah obviously what is going to save us then? nothing can save us, Allah Allah protect us and save us from falling into such a situation so this is the first prescription to success that a person who wants to succeed he is going to have to make an effort on his salah we need to now check we need to reflect, we need to make this muhasaba what is the position what is the condition of my salah the condition of my salah in terms of the regularity, the regular performance of salah, in its correct time, in its good time, not being left for the last moment. What is the position of my salah? What extent of fikr and concern do I have for my salah? If I am not told to perform my salah, then do I just remain idling and lazing about and I won't bother now? So then, if that is the case, then it means that I haven't yet even understood the importance of Salah. Let alone fulfilling it, the importance is still very very deficient in my mind, in my heart. As a result, the time of Salah comes, the azan is sometimes heard as well, I know it's time of a Salah, it's ticking away, but I'm just lazing around, not interested. Allah forbid, then it becomes azah also. That means that even the importance hasn't come. Then maybe going to gain the success. So, we need to now reflect, what is the position of my salah, am I performing it regularly, correctly, do I still need to be constantly told and reminded and then sometimes scolded that you now must perform your salah, then I still have a long way to go. I must start now making this my priority in life. I must read the fazaile salah, fazaile amal, read it with my family, ponder over it, reflect over it, then make dua, surround and make muhasaba, take an account. And then make toba, Think about it. How can I do this? Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with so many things. And this obligation of Salah, and I'm neglecting it in this manner, what a terrible thing. Think about it carefully. Keep reprimanding oneself. Sit quietly and make this Muhasabah and reprimand oneself. That How can I be so deficient? Why am I so lazy in my Salah? Why am I so haphazard in my Salah? When one will do this regularly, daily, and Inshallah, O oh, Mawlimaat will make us do it, give us a minute or two to make this muhasaba, so that we inculcate this concern for salah. And then to even uh, keep repeating that talim of that fadayla salah and bringing the importance of salah to our hearts and minds. Inshallah in this way, we will become conscious of our salah and our salah is getting performed correctly. That is already one major step forward in the path to success. Allah ta'ala grant us all this total success. Make us among those who are the people of khushu in the salah and the people who have all the imani qualities wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thanan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallaahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu allahumma iftah lana bil khair واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآل وسابع معاين والحمد لله رب العالمين